Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Talking. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's been a while. Twitching upstream. Twitching upstream. It's been exactly seven days. Yes. <laughs> Time is uh, relative. Yeah, Twitching Upstream, which is an offshoot of our show, Talking Upstream, which comes out on Sundays and Mondays, depending on where you're watching it. Uh, but in Twitching Upstream, what we do is we do a quick little live version of our normal show, but we want a lot of engagement. So we do this on a live platform so that people can just chat with us and throw some ideas at us and let us know if we're going in the right direction or if we should just drop what we're doing and start yeah. over with a reboot of Golden Girls, which I'm always trying to pitch. Uh, but first and foremost, my name is Zach. This is Dylan over here on this side. We are some nobodies. This is our website. If you want to see the weird stuff that we create on this show or Talking Upstream or one of our billion podcasts, you can always go to somenobodies.com and check that out. Uh, quick shout out to Scene Snobs for having us on here and uh, for, for pushing all of our stuff and making sure that I get a chance to talk to my best friend, Dylan. Uh, mm -hmm. Before we get our show going, though, we do have a very, very special announcement going on. If you, uh, in one second, if you, yeah, if you look at the scrolling thing down here, a uh, friend of ours, friend of the show, friend of the network, uh, they need your help. We got a sick puppy that needs some serious work, and uh, it's a it's a very sad situation going over there. But we can help, which is great. Yeah. Uh, and what what I need you to do is I need you to look at this telethon, this I'm sorry, a live fundathon that we got going on here to save Brady. It is this Friday, March fifth. Uh, 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. It is a long eight-hour thing. We got amazing talents going on. We have amazing people. Uh, we just need to help this little puppy. And trust me, uh, I, we were thinking about putting a picture on here, but this dog is so cute and so sad. Very cute dog. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so please, uh, but we wanted to save something. So please go to the GoFundMe, which is scrolling at the bottom, and it's going to throughout the show. So if you want to help out a very sick puppy or want to help out one of the friends of us in the network, please check this out. It means a lot to us. Uh, and it's going to be a really cool show, too. So if you got nothing to do this Friday and you want to check it out, eight hours of sheer hardcore entertainment, all to save puppies. Yeah, yeah it's a good cause. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but uh, Dylan, how are you, sir? It's been a long week, Zach. I'm sure you know that. <laughs> it has been a very weird long week. Yeah. I have I've slept in the weirdest places this week. Yeah. Uh, but that's my business. Let's get on to some stuff that I know you really do not want to talk about, which is pop culture and my oh, no. uh, love <laughs> my love of media. Uh, let's start with uh, DC news. So obviously, no. Snyder Snyder Cut is coming out very very soon. We are days away, and I'm super excited. And recent news is that it's going to end with uh, a cliffhanger. What day is that released? Is that it's uh, that soon? I guess it is uh, March. Yeah, we're in March. I think it's the 15th. Oh, wow. Uh, All right. 12th, 15th, something like that. I know, I know it's right. like less. I know we're less than two weeks away. Uh, Mr. Jeff Dwoskin, how are you, sir? Oh, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, if you, uh, please, if you're watching this and you like Jeff Dwoskin, if you tune in tomorrow on his show, you will see me doing a very new, weird live bit that I've been working on for a couple days, and I'm, <laughs> I'm very excited about it. Uh, I have one very hardcore issue with Netflix, and I have, uh, I'm just itching to talk about gotcha. it. Gotcha. Uh, so check out Jeff Dwoskin's show tomorrow night, and you will hear me rant about something that I have uh, too much passion for, even though it is very little bit. Uh, but anyway, so Snyder Cut, days away. Yeah. Chris Hanger, knowing that he's not doing any more work with DC, he's not do he's not set up to do a sequel. A, what do you think his cliffhanger is going to be, and why end this with a cliffhanger? I think it's going to be similar to how. Remember the MCU Incredible Hulk movie has that uh, tease of the leader in it. Tim mm -hmm. Blake Nelson gets knocked over and all the stuff falls on him. I think it's oh, just yeah. going to be a loose, loose thread. I think it's just some, you know, the original had this in there. We're going to go back to the original as much as we can. Doesn't matter if moving forward we're going to drop it. 
Yeah, but the difference with that is that they can always circle around and still use the leader. Uh, Snyder Cut, Snyderverse, is done effectively after this. So I guess it's maybe a way for him to get more crowdfunding to make sure that he keeps projects. I mean, I, look, yeah. I'm a fan of Snyderverse. You know that. I know. Um, That's fine. Okay. Star Wars. Yes. So Gina Carano has been fired, obviously, and she has been set up to be in other shows. And recent news is that they're going to swap her character out for... Harrison Dula. I'm not sure if you know much about Rebels at all, uh, but oh, Hera really? is, the, she's the pilot of uh, the ship, the ghost, and she is a Twi'lek. She's got uh, an amazing backstory, obviously, because Rebels is a super great show. But uh, how do you feel about just swapping out a character for character? I mean, um, oh, what, what was her character? Cara Dune? I couldn't even remember her mm -hmm. name. It's such a non-entity. I don't care. Yeah, fair. Like, she, uh, she, another like action girl they don't really develop yeah. kara's character beyond the fact that she's ex-rebel so bringing in another ex-rebel i mean if they develop the next one more and apparently it's a rebel's character which yeah. i never watched if they develop that character and then have to re swap it that's fine kara dune never got much beyond like she's old military she's out of the game but she's helping mando yeah i'm yeah I'm with you. She's busy working um, on uh, Daily Wire movies. <laughs> All right, let's pop over to Marvel for a sec. So before we talk about WandaVision, which is my favorite show ever, uh, Spider-Man, with uh, the recent news of the fake name drops and everything going on, and then obviously the real name being uh, No Way Home, do you think that this is... And there's also that, that talk about um, him not uh, renewing his MCU contract. Do you think this is a way to get him to push into the Sony-verse and then have the MCU take Miles Morales, which is a, a stronger, uh, way more popular character, really? I assumed this was always going to be Tom Holland's exit when they announced that it was going to be a multiverse movie. And there have been there's been news about him leaving since before Far From Home came out. I think they... Miss, I think No Way Home sounds like a very closure name. It sounds like a name that they intend to use as like, well, there's no way back. He gets multiversed out. I think uh, I I was hoping the title was going to be like Homesick. Um, but No Way Home works as well. I think No Way Home is a little bit more clumsy, but you know that's just me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, either way, it's going to be an amazing movie. And knowing sure. that Wand WandaVision sets up Multiverse of Madness, which sets up uh, the the Spider-Man crossover. Uh, I, I'm super excited for all of it. So yeah. I'm, 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 I'm so in. I don't really care. I'm not really uh, attached to Peter Parker as a character. Uh, I think Miles is also a cool character. I just like the concept of Spider-Man. So uh, I, don't really, I don't really care yeah. uh, if it's Miles yeah. or Peter. I like Miles. Um, okay, but WandaVision. Now you're caught up. Yes. Eight episodes in. Yes. One left. Allegedly. What do you, what do you think? Oh, you think there might be a secret tenth? Yeah. I've heard I've heard people claim that uh I think the story is that Feige said the last three episodes are an hour long each. Mm-hmm. And they have not been. They have not been. Yeah. So it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if they do like a next episode they do they do some sort of in-universe reason for why they mess with a timeline or something where it's like an an extra like extra dimensional episode is treated as the secret tenth you know what i mean oh that'd be cool yeah like a hit yeah like an old school like on old, old uh cds when they would have like the hidden track there's yeah. just like one extra episode that no one's that dude that'd be awesome yeah um what do you think what the big the big fight at the end the big the big finale what do you think because so he, here's here's my thing is yeah. that Spider-Man uh, Part Two happens after WandaVision in the timeline, and in Spider-Man Two there is a few yeah so this is three weeks after the return uh, and after Endgame. <laughs> hey, <Yeah>. maybe, maybe <laughs> I hope so. The show uh, worked. We got Zach on the streaming service. The show worked. Close I up shot. Did it. We're done. All right. Shut the laptop. All right. Um, so, yeah. So, the, uh, chronologically, WandaVision is three weeks after Endgame. Spider-Man is months after Endgame. And huh. there is a and there's a memorial for Vision in Spider-Man 2. So, I would assume that Vision does not make it throughout this. 
I want the emotional weight of Vision and her children not existing after this. I think that's cool. I think that's really key to her character is that she experiences this trauma, tries to fix it, and breaks stuff worse after trying to fix it. True. Um, but I, I think, think that she has. Go for it. Well, they are setting up Young Avengers. We already know that. Uh, they're, they're doing, you know, Kate Bishop and Hawkeye. Yeah. We have a new casting for Ant-Man's daughter. Uh, so then we know that we're setting up a Young Avengers. And the, the core team of Young Avengers is Wanda's two children, which means they have to survive. We're not going to watch kids die or disappear. They're going to kind of alter it a little bit, and that's cool. I don't think Vision is going to make it out, which that's going to be the crux of Wanda's suffering, I think. Yeah. Uh, I, I hope so. I think, but I do think that there's still one more person. I think there's a big bad. And my reasoning is because when they showed, we're, we're going to assume people that are watching right now, I've seen episode spoiler eight, right? Yeah. All right. Spoiler. I find one. Uh, so when we see Agatha in the past and mm -hmm. she's being attacked by all the witches, she doesn't know that she can take their power. And it's a purple power compared to their blue power, which makes me think that somebody has given her the ability to do this, whether she, she knows about it or not. I figured she knew when she was taking the power. Know. I don't think so. Mm -hmm. And then when you see how she's holding the children at the end with those little tethers, uh, her fingers are black. And I think that's a little bit different than something mm -hmm. that's going on. But also, I don't know. I, I, have, I have a lot of questions, but I'm super excited to see how this goes. Um, yeah. Do you have any... Do you think it's Mephisto? I would love that. I saw a theory. It might have been you. I don't know. That it was Mordo. Did we talk about this last week? Yeah, Baron Mordo. Yeah, that was yeah, a, that Mordo was hasn't idea. shown up since that. And um, there's definitely the implication that Catherine Hahn's initial involvement in this is entirely just to figure out what how Wanda's doing all of this. She doesn't know. She didn't know when she got to Westview that Wanda was gem-powered. So there's might be something else going on because I think it does need a stronger villain than Hayward being just an idiot, being the yeah. dumbest person on the show. Just so so yeah. dumb. He's just so dumb. So dumb. He's such a dummy. <sighs> <sighs> I'm so excited where this is going. Uh, once they showed White Vision, I was like, oh man, I'm so in. Sure. And I like how I like how instead of the Soul Stone, it was like a little uh, arc reactor from Tony yeah. Stark. Uh, dude, such a cool thing. And uh, then there's also this other theory, and I don't know if you know this character very much, but there's a theory that it's uh, uh, Shakan, Shakan, um, who is the guy Shaka who's in charge Khan? of. No, uh, Shakan. I think his name is Shakan. I don't know. He's, he's a he's a bad dude. He's in charge of one of those books, and because that book is so <laughs> important, and I don't think that book is the Darkhold. Uh, I think it's going to be in our book, but. It, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Crazy <laughs> Jeff Dwoskin is on team. Whatever. Hayward, obviously, I still think he might be Ultron, though. I have no idea. Anyway. All right. Let's get on with the rest of the show. Yeah. Now, what we do in this show is for the whole week, I send Dylan rapid fire ideas of things that I have never seen in a movie and would like to or at least would like him to work on something because I'm lazy and he doesn't respond to most of them. Uh, so what I did was we designed a live show where he has to uh, respond to one. So what he's going to do is he's going to rifle through all the weird texts that I sent him throughout the week, and he's going to pick one idea that I don't know what it is, and then we're going to work on it with your help. So at any time while we're in here making up an idea, we have a suggestion, uh, we get kind of stuck in a dead end or we're going in a loop or something, just throw an idea out there, just type in whatever chat you're uh, that you're watching this on. <clears throat> And we could we, we we would we would appreciate it, please. So uh, go ahead, Mr. Yeah. Jones, take it away. So uh, I went through and I picked out one. This was a few weeks ago now. Um, <clears throat> Monsterologist on the trail of Bigfoot meets a MythBuster podcaster and a true crime podcaster on the trail. They all found a murder scene at the same time. The true crime was following clues the police weren't. The MythBuster sought out magic spots in the USA and was doing readings, and the monstrologist is following ancestral lessons and tracking something. Turns out, it's demonic suicide. Um, I I chose this one because we've had to... We've we've gotten really... I mean, I, you far more than I have, but I've become kind of embroiled in these podcasting groups, and we're meeting people and stuff like that, and, you know, vanity projects. 
you know, we can always, we, we got people we can do this with. So it's like, this is kind of fun. Plus it touches on a lot of like supernatural nonsense that I kind of like. Um, mm-hmm. So I figured let's, 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 let's do this. Um, now my first thought just going into this is that this is like either a movie or, I mean, it could be a podcast, either one of those. Mm, like I like a, a movie. Like a, yeah. Like a visual, yeah. visual thing yeah. for this. Sure. Cool. Um, and yeah, I think, see. I think, I think showing audio mediums is always funny to me. Yeah. Um, and I was imagining this as kind of like we follow these people first, then meet up about a third of the way through. That's when we get the big, like, or even, I don't know. Uh, I always like to spend the first long while introducing everybody before they form their group. Oh, yeah. Um, but I figured it would be, they wind up finding the same clues. They investigate something that brought them all together. Something doesn't fit. Something feels off about it. And then the third part is them versus like a cult or something. I wasn't so sure about the demonic suicide thing. I like the idea that it's more like a uh, ritual sacrifice. Cool. Not a problem. Yeah. Demonic suicide just sounds so weird to me. It'd be uh, some metal band. Ugh. Okay, so ritual sacrifice. Okay, so you said the first part was kind of the meetup, the the understanding, the the knowledge. Yeah. Uh, and what's the second part? Second part is the investigation where they follow the clues, um, right. and that's when the world opens up for them. Cool. Now, which of these groups do you want to kind of follow? I think the I, monsterologist is probably the most interesting. I figured it was going to be all three. Oh, we actually follow all three of them. We, like we have we, like three timelines. Not even three timelines. We start. We started off following them before they intertwine. Um, think. I don't know why this is the example I'm going with, but Independence Day it follows all the characters, and then they finally meet up once things go wrong. Cool. We follow all these podcasters. We see them each get drawn. In, we see them doing what they're doing. We see them each get drawn into it. We see them investigate it, and then we end. I'm seeing, like, if this is a 90-minute movie, like the 20-minute mark with everybody coming together on the trail and meeting each other, and then they realize what's wrong. Cool. All right, and then what are each of these guys doing? So do are we following them after they found out about this one incident, and that's why they're going there, or do we meet up with them as they find this out? I think we meet, I think we meet up with them before they find anything like um the like they we we see them each get their independent clues that lead them to the forest like for some reason i'm seeing this take place in like california i don't know why the forests of california like northern california sure or um pacific northwest or is that like where the is that where the redwoods are in california yeah endor oh yeah uh pacific northwest if we wanted to be like deep like coniferous forests. Cool. All right. So we're going to be in the Northern California forest, Northern California. Yes. Thank you. Uh, Okay. So the monsterologist is, is tracking what, when they find out about what, so Um, are they tracking? So they're, they're tracking the same demon or, or whatever myth that leads them down there. Right. Yeah, and I'm thinking like so the the original text you sent me was a monsterologist, which is like a cryptozoologist, following mm-hmm. Bigfoot. Works for oh. me. Pacific Northwest, that's where Bigfoot is allegedly supposed to hang out. Uh, you know. Perfect. The the legend of the North American ape has been around forever. Um and if they're in trees, get the big ones. That's mm-hmm. where uh, in Animorphs they had the <clears throat> alien tr- the tree aliens hideout. They had a secret clearing in the redwoods. Yeah. Um then there was a Mythbuster podcast, like a Mythbusting, like you know, us probably a skeptic. Let's let's go full skeptic. If we're gonna have supernatural stuff, it would be fun to have someone trying to debunk it and then realize that nope, this is real. Now, um what yeah. what is something they could be debunking in this area or close to this area? So could it they needs be debunking to... like a UFO sighting or a crop a crop circle? 
It could be UFOs. I like the idea that um, there were strange lights or some sort of phenomenon seen in these woods recently. So it's drawn all of the paranormal supernatural podcasters there. So like the monsterologist is there to investigate. Well, let's see. Let's I mean, I'm do. Cool with I'm cool with Bigfoot. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking like if something weird was going on. Yeah. Let's. People are disappearing in these woods, and the monsterologist, the cryptozoologist, is looking for. Yeah, because I the my idea when sending that text message was three kind of crazy style podcasters all tracking something that leads them to the one thing that is something that is far beyond the crazy that they do. Yeah, yeah, I like so, that. <clears throat> um, maybe alter the Bigfoot then. So change Bigfoot. I mean aliens. Yeah, cool. Like UFO aliens. Like people are disappearing in these woods. So. The monsterologist thinks it's aliens. They're doing an alien episode. The true mm -hmm. crime person thinks it might be a, like a killer. And the skeptic is going just to show that it's hikers who are bad at following the trail. Or that it's just kids putting on a hoax. Or it's kids doing a hoax and they're trying to bust it. Okay. And that's what they're doing for about five to ten minutes of the first chunk of this movie. Yeah. And then where they all meet at this one spot in the forest. Yeah. What happens when they meet? Do we want it to be a weird scene or do like uh, like these physical scene? I, like a scene I would of like crime. It, yeah, I would like it to be so that all three of them think that they're still right. Okay. Um, so it's important to get everybody there. I'm gonna take over for just a second while Zach deals with some potential stuff. Um so Part of the struggle sometimes with writing a story with multiple characters that meet as an ensemble is that you need to give everybody an equal reason to be involved in the story while physically present. Um, we have the message that Zach sent to me, which is about three podcasters investigating strange, extra supernatural stuff, is that you can have unexplained things going on and still have an interesting reason for people to show up. So what we're doing right now is trying to figure out something that is general enough for everybody to be drawn by while also being different enough that we can shift it into something different. Um, so what we're looking at right now, a cryptozoologist, a skeptic and a true crime podcaster are investigating an area of the woods, which are, disappearing bodies and some of them might think, think it might be hoaxes some of them think it might be just kind of whatever causes people to disappear in the woods a bear so let's see while zach is yep. coming back into the stream i'm going to I, let him <laughs> sorry continue. no you're good um <laughs> you good oh i'm good yeah absolutely cool all right, cool. I was just going on about the importance of giving everybody an equal reason to be involved in the story. Yeah, I think I think it's a very clever way of bringing people together and having them have a purpose and then also maybe just misguiding the audience members as they're watching this. Yeah. Um, okay, so they're at this meetup here and I think it'd be clever if they all kind of think that they are, you know, doing the right thing and they're on what they think is like the biggest score that, yeah, that they have you know that they've gone through, and um, yeah, I don't really know what happens here. I guess uh, up until the first like arc, we can just <sighs> they're all going through their motions, they're kind of setting up their things, uh, they're proving why they're all right, and yeah. then we get we get to the knowledge uh, that that they're not right. Do we want them to be in competition before they actually get there? Like all three of them show up at the trailhead, the nearest trailhead. And they all have their, like, they, one of them has, like, a hand recorder. One of them has a professional kind of walking rig. And one of them is just doing, like, a live broadcast on their phone. And they're yeah. all, like, yeah, something weird's going on, huh? And you go, oh, do you, do you really think this is aliens? Because uh, this is obviously a hoax. Yeah. And the guy's like, no, it's not a hoax. If, if you look at these signs right here, this is classic things. And then the one's, like, 
Look, I, I know you guys think this is aliens, but it's obviously uh, a, a murder because I've been tracking the serial killer up to here. And if you look, there's blood yeah. splatters over here, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, I think that's cool. And then what, what would be the bit of information that lets them know that they're all incorrect? I think they stumble across something. I think they yeah. find what, like, the actual site of it. Cool. And is it that uh, it's a traveling demonic sacrifices? It could be. Um, that's that's kind of the immediate option. I think we have is yeah. that it is. It's a straight up cult. It's a it's a demonic cult, and that's it. Um, I don't know if we want to go that obvious, though. Do we? Like, well, what what are so? Why don't you throw a couple of things out there? And once again, if you're watching this, just throw an idea out there. Something that's very very weird that is not either true crime, alien, or a hoax. Um, yeah. But what are some more things that we could that, that you that you could see. Cause if it's supernatural, maybe it's like uh, a vampire or uh, maybe it is um, maybe like a monster squad team, like in a battle fighting something, you know, and they're like wildly overwhelmed. <laughs> I mean, we could go just straight up. Like there was a blip in the universal fabric and something slipped through. So it, it's demon in that it is something external and hostile. It's not like a traditional, like, wavy bladed knife, stab the virgin in the heart type of thing. It's a demon in that it is something unknowable and fundamentally different. And now, it, do, go for it. Do you, do you think that uh, th these, these guys right here are going to team up and solve this thing? Or are they wildly out of their element and we're, they're just going to witness something beyond thing and then they start their own podcast i recently watched um the color out of space adaptation um uh, with nicholas cage where it is straight up a family encountering something coming out of a meteorite that just completely overpowers them and do you do you think we could go kind of like dark horror on this where it's kind of creepy in the woods and yeah yeah so Absolutely. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it then as like this aberration just kind of came into existence, and these podcasters are horrifically like over, like outmatched on this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's cool. Um, what do you want to set up the scene of of what kind of thing they're gonna like? How this looks when they actually find uh, the the when they find each other slash the knowledge. I, I like the idea that they all meet at the trailhead and they kind of go in tandem together. Um, so that way, like, you know, a car, uh, uh, an old car pulls up and a guy comes out and he's got like a, some sort of shirt celebrating true crime on. And he's got like a standard kind of recorder. He's got like a cassette recorder or something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> guy pulls up in a, in like a Tesla and he's the, he's like the, I guess the I guess if we're going by cliches, the true crime guy would probably be the richest of the three. Um, I like the idea that okay, then the skeptic shows up in like an old beater with like a tape recorder because it's not digital and they can't track you. The true crimer shows up in a Tesla and he's got a nice rig because true crime is is definitely not an oversaturated market and you can still make money on it. Um, <clears throat> and then the cryptozoologist like walks up with his backpack on. And he's taking notes or something because he records all his stuff later after he writes it down. And they're all, at first they all think they're just other hikers or something. And then they start taking the trail and then they take the same trail and then they go deeper into the woods. And it's like, okay, I think, I think these guys are pretty savvy. So they stop once they realize they're all on the same walk. All right. What are we all here for? We're all here for scene snobs. Hello, scene snobs. Um, Hello, scene snobs. Nah, you're you're just getting in time. Um, Actually, this is a very good time to play that other thing. Let's oh, go yeah. ahead. We're gonna, if, we're gonna... if you're watching, yep. If you're watching this anytime, yeah. especially before Friday, March fifth, uh, please tune in to uh, this awesome little liveathon that we're doing for this cute little puppy. Oh. We want to help this puppy out. We want to help our friends out. And if you got any time, a go to this GoFundMe that's going to be scrolling here throughout yeah. the episode. 
Uh, but B, tune in also on Friday and just kind of check out all the weird stuff that Scene Snobs is going is doing. Uh, we really want to help our friends out. And this puppy is so adorable and needs our help. So please yeah. uh, check that out. Check that yeah, out. Yeah, a little eye surgery to prevent an infection. It's important. Yeah, very important. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. what okay, now what is this middle part? Now, this is the investigation of what's actually going on. Um, I'm assuming they're they're gonna team up now, right? I think so. I, I think yeah, makes sense. something they, they stumble across like the scene of something. Um mm -hmm. maybe it's like as they're they're all discussing their own content and they're all trying to outdo each other and they're all being like, Hey, you, oh yeah, well, you know, I did an episode on uh Ed Gein and I really went into detail about the gory gory stuff he did and the, the cryptozoologist is like, Yeah, well I went into an episode on uh the the some cryptid that's really really violent and gross and the skeptic's like yeah you guys are talking nonsense nothing here is and they come around a, a turn in the forest and like maybe it's just like the like <sighs> i'm trying to figure out a way that we can do this so that it's not that someone else has already stumbled onto this space because if we're doing I a monster I, in the woods do you, or do you think, I don't think someone else I don't think someone else should have stumbled onto it. I just think that they like they kind of are all there right around the same time. They're fighting when um to be determined. The idea right yeah. now, so the idea right now for everybody who's just tuning in is three pod this is a movie. We're doing a we're doing a story development right here as we do on Twitch and Upstream where we're taking a text message Zach sent me and we're spinning that out into something we can produce. Right now the text message he sent me regarded three podcasters from three different genres, uh cryptid, uh skepticism and true crime going into the woods to investigate missing people and realizing that it is something else entirely. The monsters on vacation. Hello red. Um Potentially the idea we had kind of discussed was um, they think it's going to be, you know, the skeptic doesn't think it's anything. The cryptozoologist thinks it's just like a bear because it, cryptids always turn out to be a bear with mange or something along those yeah. lines. And the true crime person is like, well, it might be a murderer, but it's probably just a bear. And they go out yeah. and they are confronted by a demon in the classical sense of a creature from outside reality. It, it is unknowable and horror and I don't know. I'm kind of liking what Red's saying here. It normally lives in the city and it's going to relax in nature. It gets found by cryptozoologists. Oh, racist humans who assume it's a nature monster. Okay. Yeah. I'm into that. I'm into that. Yeah. Or Wendigo. We could do Wendigo. Wendigo has a lot of cultural associations with it that I don't really have the... Um, research right now or the knowledge to cover in a respectful way but i do enjoy it um the honestly so <laughs> we could do this where it's very presence in our reality is kind of like um oh what's the example it's like it shouldn't be there so it's twisting everything around it and it's not it's like um annihilation did it very similarly where a, where Wait, something comes sorry go ahead where something comes from outside um, outside reality and winds up just kind of being messed up. Like, it messes up reality. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like um, that. Do, do you not like the idea of, like, say that there's another uh, mythological group that is uh, fighting something else going on? Like they stumble into into like a war between two different groups <clears throat> in the woods. Sure, yeah, that yeah, sounds good I'm, to me. I, yeah, I think that might be kind of cool. Is like if if they think it's like this surface level stuff, and then they actually just kind of uh, they are they get into a, like a mini war or a mini sacrifice or like a mini uh, I don't know, just some something weird. I think that might be kind of weird. Kind of like Alien versus Predator two. <sighs> Why do you always bring this up? <laughs> it's either it's either this or you're bringing up Jurassic Park two. Why yeah. <laughs> you pick the worst things to bring up? Well, uh, we could yeah, reboot what, it so that it's in a good way. Wait, what, what's go ahead and read this out? If it's a city monster, the cryptozoologists are looking for human victims because of all the wrappers, food scraps, or suggesting etc. Suggesting campers, but it's really processed food that the monster eats in the city. 
I mean, that's not bad. I, not I, bad. I do like it being. I like it being in the woods, though. Uh, how yeah. about a murderous magical being on vacation who's bending reality to not be discovered? Ooh. So there's a there's a Russian novel called uh, Roadside Picnic, where from the seventies. It's old. Um, I think it's from the seventies. It's Russian, so it, who knows when it was written? But um, it's what the game, the Metro games, were based off of. Where the idea is that human Earth has been wrecked by. Dude, that's wild! Don't, don't you dare! Don't you dare! Dude, get come started. on! Come uh, on! Look at this! Read this out loud. A layer of reality beneath the top layer of the Earth. So a separate dimension, but the portal is through a cave in the woods. We kind of did that last week. <laughs> Not really. Time pocket? Oh, the, the time pocket. Yeah, the hot, the hot pocket. Uh, Zach, I mean, Zach chose to highlight that comment, not me. I, look, it is superior to Jurassic Park 2. I will... Yep. 100%. They're both equally bad. 100%. <laughs> Uh, there are no human victims. They're looking for people to getting close to the monster, so it kills them for bothering slash getting close to it. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I like that. I like the uh, idea cool that this that. monster does not mean anybody harm. It doesn't. It's yeah. not malevolent. Its presence means that the re, the fabric of it is like, um, it's like someone holding a match under a piece of paper. Eventually, that spot blackens. Like eventually, that spot blackens and burns through. So, I it could just not even be capable of interfacing with humans. I know we're getting real metaphysical here. My previous weird. point, the novel roadside picnic is about an earth that has like a bunch of weird reality warping areas on it. And it never, it never tells people what happened, but the main theory presented in the novel is that humanity is an ant humanity are ants. And one day, a bunch of humans decide to come up and set up a picnic. They put a blanket down. They get out the cameras. They get out the radios. They And then the ants come out and see the aftermath. And it's just like a bunch of weird artifacts that the ants don't comprehend. So the idea is that Earth was visited by aliens who left all their reality-twisting nonsense around without even bothering about the ants that they were disrupting. So I like the idea that this monster is just an extra-dimensional thing that is unfortunate enough to be forced into the crude matter of our universe and yeah. that makes it monstrous to us despite the fact that it's effectively just not home yeah i think um, that's cool and yeah. so if if these three uh jerky podcasters are looking for what they think is a big deal then they come across maybe uh, uh like a, a a monster hunting group similar to i guess like the um yeah, like Hellboy's group. Yeah. You know those guys? Um, yeah. What if... So they um, come across them, and they're trying to just attack this uh, interdimensional being, whatever they just exist. Yeah. I think that's very weird. Yeah. Um, what What's this middle part looking like, though? I suppose it could look like a hunting trip. We don't have to make the reveal about the monster's true nature until the end. But I'm seeing them coming across the scene of, like, the most recent fight, and it's... Like, we go real kind of abstract with it. Um, maybe at, maybe at very the maybe at first they like come around and they're like, "Oh man, all these trees are really nice." And then they like go to hang something up on like a low hanging branch. It's not a branch; it's a person's arm that's been phased into the tree, like that oh, sort, cool. like that sort of stuff. And yeah. then as they as they kind of like look, they notice that, um. Uh, like her, this horrific scenery has been kind of like messed with where they look, you know, someone's been phased into a tree. Maybe, um, someone's skeleton has been like spread. I don't like, I'm trying not to do the same thing over and over again, but a lot of it is like, uh, how, how horrific do we want to be? Like, it turns out the gravel isn't gravel. It's like teeth. Yeah. I mean, something that is just straight up otherworldly is what yeah. they're going to come across here. And I think that's cool. Yeah. And so I guess at first they're going to think that it is the monster. Yeah. And it's, it's actually just the... Uh, it's like a monster hunting group. Um, yeah. What, what like, you... mo like, like Monster Squad grown up. Scalpel. No, Scalpel's a bad name for a team. It's too long. It needs to be one syllable. Yeah. Knife. <laughs> 
Uh, I'm trying not to do sword because sword is taken. Yeah, we're not going to do huh. sword. That's, yeah. that's dumb. How about um, shiv? We can make fist. <laughs> fist is something probably. I don't want to do that. I mean, that. the hand. I well, yeah, let's not do that. Uh, what's up, Alex? Hey, uh, let's see. Wait, what's, what's Maria say? Uh, she's got great ideas. It'd be more like realities are intertangled, almost like dimension. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think that's cool. Yeah. This, uh, this is an area where people have, where, where the barrier between realities has thinned. And that means like dagger ain't bad, mallet, hammer, axe. Axe. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, it, I think anything that's like less than six letters, just so we can. I was, I was uh, thinking something like, um, what do you call it? Not incision, but like when you remove something. Remove. Wait, mallets with mullets? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Wait, like, who, are you, who are you? Who are you guys? We're the monster hunters. We go by mullet. I can, yeah, I see. Mallet. Mallet. Eh, mallet. We'll figure. We'll figure something out. Shiver prisoners who work release. Uh, wait, go ahead with this one. This is cool. Oh. Uh, shiv are prisoners on work release on the condition that they're Hellboy red shirts in order to get out. Cool. So Love there's that. this. So we're oh, doing yeah, an amoral. So it's an amoral. That's it. Excise. It's an amoral. Monster hunting organization that uses the California prison system to recruit, like just low level like guns for hire in order to fight monsters. Cool, love it. That's that's sweet. And these podcasters stumble on their most recent fight where all the gravel is teeth. There's like yeah. a person half phased into the tree of a redwood. Yep. Um. Someone's what they think are vines is someone's nervous system that's been like taken out and is draped over like a rock or something like moss. Yeah. Like, I think it's Spanish moss. And it's like Spanish moss doesn't grow in California. And they go to look it's, at it and they realize it's dangling from like a brain that's resting on like a branch or something. And we go real weird on it. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Red. I was uh, thinking about, I was thinking about you red when I came up with that imagery. I'm going to, I'm going to save that for later. Okay. Um, so uh, sh Shiv, how do yeah. we work that into what, what's, what's the penitentiary, uh, uh, were a uh, word that we're going to put in this analogy. Uh, uh, penitentiary. Uh, oh, like what does Shiv stand for? Yeah. Um, I guess inmate, right? Oh, I, I guess. Um, uh, serve, uh, whatever. We'll get there. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, agree that. Gravel hmm. teeth is metal, so good job there. Okay, so we have uh, they stumble upon this, and I guess at some point they all have to realize that this monster isn't bad, right? And then mm -hmm. they end up fighting Shiv. We both watch Sea Fever, yeah, I'm into that. <laughs> <coughs> Monsters don't always have to be bad, <laughs> no, they're actually rarely bad. I guess that's kind of what uh, JJ was doing with Cloverfield. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. We're going to touch on the uh, how prisoners are, you know, disproportionately people of color and how prisoners are also disproportionately used as cheap labor in the United States. And it is constitutionally illegal. Yeah, um, I agree. Shivs are like uh, sharp yeah. and sporks. I don't know where you're from. Shivs are sharp and sporks. Um, yeah. <laughs> Maria, she's from Ohio, so it's 100% oh, yeah. sharp and sporks. Yeah, especially yeah, behind the Popeye's. It's all we had in Ohio. We didn't have Popeyes. We had Frickers. Uh, yeah, Mick, we're gonna have you on Talking Upstream and kind of go yeah. over that amazing idea. We just want to the steal premium it. show. Yeah. All right, Dylan, go ahead. Read. But they get to triumphantly overthrow the white paranormal parole officer overseeing them. They realize they're not actually opposed to the monster. Break three and take down the real enemy, Whitey. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. I like the Obviously. idea that these podcasters do like. They, they come across this gang, not gang, they come across this group of like, you know, yeah, press ganged inmates. And yeah. they wind up effectively at the end, like they either have the opportunity to save the, the overseer, but they don't, or the overseer dies. And it's like, well, you know, we don't have to report. I'm not a reporter. I'm not a journalist. I'm a podcaster. I make a good story. Yeah. This is a great story. 
and it doesn't necessarily have to, you know, inspired by a true, tr inspired by true events doesn't mean that it's 100% accurate. And then <coughs> the inmates just kind of, they run off into the woods. Yeah, that, that's what I'm cool with. And then the, the parallel being that the monster slips back through reality, back to their home, without drawing the um, problematic parallel between, you know, prisoners and extra-dimensional man-eating monsters. Um, yeah. Yeah, we do the we do the Godzilla thing where it's like they have that moment where they stop and look at it and it's gore it's beautiful. It's you know, it's something like they've never seen before. And then Whitey starts <laughs> you know, the, we go, you know, it's been a trope since um Morta Arthur where it looks like everybody's gonna have their peace, and then one of the soldiers draws a sword and cuts the snake on their leg and they think everybody's gonna fight. Yeah, we do something like that. Um cool. So, so the first third is the team up. Second yeah. third is them discovering the monster hunters, uh, the reveal of what Shiv is somehow um, after the interdimensional scene up into the monster hunters are fighting the actual monster. And I guess the second third or the last third is going to be the podcasters uh, realizing that the monster is not bad and siding with the monster and slowing down uh, Team Shiv enough to overthrow the, the, the bad guys. But the piece isn't a sword, but a true oh. piece. I, I don't follow. I think you're talking about the King Arthur thing, I was saying. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I hope this is not true because you have no, the coolest no, comments in here. No, um, yeah, keep, keep them coming. So, yeah, what I'm seeing, Act 1 um, is them getting, we meet them, they go mm -hmm. to the trail, they meet up, and Act 2 is when they still think that the, and that's the end of Act 1 is when they stumble onto the battle, like the battlefield, um, where we're like, oh, this is more than what they what they thought it was. Um, and the second act is them getting chased by the monster, getting rescued by Shiv and thinking that Shiv is a good guy. Mm -hmm. Um, oh, absolutely. Shiv is just the nickname used by the parolees. It was, it has to give this, uh, a very neutral or corporate whitewashed acronym that relates to a more dignified acronym. We'll figure yeah. that out in a second. But yeah, I like the idea that they call him Shiv because it's like, yeah, you know, we just, we're making yeah, Shiv. Send, send in the Shiv. We're makeshift, you know. They take what yeah. we, they take what they can and use it use it as they want. And then generally they throw it away once it's done. That's yep. yeah, that's deep. Um, so they stumble on the paddle field where there's teeth, there's gravel, and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I figure Act Two is a pretty conventional monster chase. Um, where they, yeah, they meet up with the sun starts to go down, or things are getting weird, and the sun sets way earlier than it's supposed to. It's like. Yeah, we need to go back to sunset. It's like, what do you mean the sunset? And it's three o'clock in the afternoon. It's like, well, it's getting dark, and then just suddenly, like, the sun goes out or something like that, and that's the sign that the monster's close. Maybe it like brings darkness with it sometimes. Okay, okay. I don't know. I'm trying to think of weird, like, extra dimensional anomalies that can happen while this thing is nearby. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think like trees are dying or something. I don't really know about the sun going away. I don't know how that would work in an area. Um, but like if, if like trees die, if wind stops, um, if, uh, let's see. Oh yeah. Uh, the leader of the leader of Shiv, the, uh, overseer. First off, we're going to call him an overseer because that is an evil word. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I don't think it's in modern use in any way. You usually use foreman on like, a like a dig site or something like that. Overseers yeah. specifically supposed to oversee like indentured people, but yeah, definitely going to be portrayed and like, they're going to have aviators. They're going to look like the uh, sheriff from, uh, Oh brother, where art thou? That sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, a mallet. Yeah. He stakes them. Oh, cool. All right. Yeah. Maybe they have like a techno spike, which is supposed to like capture it or something. And this will help. This will help Maria's try to connection to get the mullet yeah, mallet thing come into that. Yep. Uh, okay, so this actually might be kind of cool yeah. for your idea. 
pulls energy from the sun. So yeah. if like the sun's out, it's just stronger and uh it it yeah, it um or it acts like so the thing about being extra dimensional is we can make it kind of do whatever we want so long as we're consistent for what it can do. So if it's yeah. extra dimensional, it can act as a magnet for electromagnetic light. Like for lights on the UV spectrum, it can pull light into it. And that way we can kind of make it like it's it's always heralded by like sh like the light and color going out of the scene. Yeah, that's cool. Um, um, yeah, Overseer or Watcher, right? Watcher's pretty yeah. filthy too. But. Um, so I like the idea that Act 2 is a pretty conventional monster chase where the podcasters are dragged along with Shiv and they get to know the inmates and that sort of thing. And they realize yeah. that, you know, the guy in charge is a, is a no-nonsense asshole. And then Act 3, we learn that uh, Shiv's motives are not nearly so wholesome as we're led to believe and that this thing is effectively like it's like a mountain lion that got into a suburban neighborhood it's scared doesn't know what it's yeah. doing and it doesn't know any better and it could be kind of cool if like say uh shiv or like the leaders of shiv are pulling the monster into this world <sighs> to harvest them yeah it acts as a magnet for magnetism I, 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 when I said it acts as a magnet for electromagnetic waves, it, um, I'm a writer. The last science class I took was, uh, advanced chemistry my senior year of high school in 2013 or 2009. You know, so Dylan, the, the reason that you're part of the show is because you bring the level of intelligence up. <laughs> um, saying things like a magnet for magnetism is really, I didn't say uh, that in exact words. Uh, that's what Brett Flanagan said, and honestly, I'm going to trust him. So he didn't put quotation marks around it, so it's not official. Anyway, um, <laughs> so how do they? Do they? So do they? Are they? How active are they in the defeat of the overseer of Mullet? Do they actively like make him? Do they actively contribute to his death, or is it more like a death of like not inaction, or is it? Yeah, de death of inaction, but obviously due to the monster. The monster is. Yeah. Uh, initially subdued, and maybe they release it so that it kills the overseer uh, on its way out. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um. So I'm seeing like if they're dealing with extra dimensional monsters normally, they probably have. I like the idea that they have like a big spike that they hammer into it, and that anchors it in our dimension while neutralizing it. So that way they yeah. have something they can remove, which allows the monster to go crazy, and it. It has that moment where it like flares up and it makes eye mm -hmm. contact with the heroes or something like that, and it kind of calms down, and yeah. then mullet shows up, and then that goes crazy, and they don't. Thinking method absorbs energy like a solar panel, and it charges to AKA, uh, but maybe it weakens the sun, so it definitely put a time restraint on it to hurry and figure out what to do. No sun. I don't think it has a worldwide effect, but I like I like the idea that they like they realize kind of how it, I mean, that could be something that let, let's say that if it does something that's similar to that, they could have, they could tell the podcasters like, Hey, this thing is going to destroy the sun. We got to kill this thing right now. And it's actually not true. What it does, like it just actually just darkens the atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, instead of, yeah, I think that's, I mean, I, I like that. I think that's cool. Uh, red Flanagan. Yeah, I think that's cool. Um, and the shiv is the interdimensional tether, uh, also. So oh, there's yeah, a key there shiv. Go. Uh, the shiv is the thing, and um, mallet, uh, also with a mullet, is the the, the head organization yeah. that hires the shiv. Um, because they're the ones what, what shiv doesn't know, the team shiv doesn't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I, you know. The problem that I have with that is you cannot come back from that. Like, you know, once there's a little bit of energy from the sun, like, I don't know if if, uh, if, the, if, if we're good there. The issue I, not the issue, but the problem I have with that is that if it's such a high stakes situation that's going to extinguish the sun, they wouldn't send a team of inmates and one guy. I like the idea that they use it as an excuse where it's like, you never know if the next one isn't going to be the one to end the world. So we have to treat yeah. all of them as if they're a existential threat which yeah, I like that i didn't realize it but i did just quote uh batman from batman v superman 
If there's even a 1% chance, we have to treat it as an absolute certainty. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah I get it. Um, yeah, Whitey, Whitey exaggerates the problem so that he has an excuse to go after this thing. And, of course, yeah. he gets his rocks off on hunting monsters. Um, cool. you know, he's a, he's a big game hunter. We can make a commentary on conservation and sort of things where like sea fever does. It is, it's just a thing. It's just an animal. It is just an animal outside of its natural environment. Yeah. Why We don't need to kill it. We just need to send it back. Well, it's yeah. keeping it here. As far as we know this, and then they like point to the spike or something like that. And then, Do you like the idea that, that Shiv as a company is somehow pulling these interdimensional monsters here to harvest them for some reason? Sure. Yeah. All right, cool. You, you never know. You never know when you don't get an uh maybe maybe the next one is like a living nuclear reactor and we can just hook it up. Problem solved. And then of course we have the uh the stinger where it shows, you know, it's like the operation in the Redwoods went south very quick. Well, it turned out it was only like a, like a, you know, a C-class minor entity. We can afford to let one of the fish off the hooks every once in a while. And then it does the Indiana Jones thing where it shows they've got all these like research labs and they've captured plenty of these things and we expand it like that. Yeah, they're like grinding teeth and like experimenting on teeth. Yeah. And stuff. Uh, uh, okay, and so we can, we can write this and make this into a, uh, a tabletop role-playing game setting. Love it. Um, you're a, group, right, of, so you're a group of monster hunters, yeah. Cool. Uh, so we mm -hmm. find out in the beginning of the third act that Shiv is actually bringing in the monsters. Oh yeah, White and... is absolutely. This is from Red, ex Blackwater war criminal. Yeah, he's a, he's absolutely an ex war criminal. Oh yeah, obviously yeah, they always are. Uh, all right, hit me with this one. Oh, maybe for another twist, it's that they don't really want to kill it because while it seems like it is a weakening the sun, it's actually an exchange and it's strengthening the sun. So it's sent to save us from global warming, to put everything back the way it should have been energy wise. But the bad guy is wanting to catch it for his private collection and is only making it seem like a problem. Sure. Um, that might be a little much for what we've kind of mm -hmm. worked out here, but I like the idea if we turn this into like a series of things that we could definitely do another one of these that Shiv absolutely catches stuff for private collectors. Yeah. I like this a lot. Yeah. It's like, cool. He's like, you act like you got some proof. What are we calling this thing? Because we got to do a lot more work on this. This uh, one, this, so this, yeah. this is the issue sometimes with doing genre. When you do genre stuff like this, a lot of times and effort, it's not your fault, Mariah. It's not your fault. Uh, because, Maria, Maria right. I apologize. Mariah has an H on it. I was incorrect. Um, yeah. So the thing about doing genre stuff like this is that a lot of your effort, and we've seen this when we've done like fantasy on the on this show, you spend a lot of energy devising the setting and the rules and what is possible in that. And you don't spend so much time focusing on the story. And I think that's because a lot of genre stuff relies on relatively conventional story elements told in an extraordinary way. So you have Mad Max Fury Road is a very good example where it is a pretty conventional go from A to B and you encounter weird stuff on the way. But the novelty to that movie and the reason that it's generally well regarded is the style which is a genre mm -hmm. element and the fact that the story is to, uh, put in its fit into this framework of the setting of Mad Max which is this kind of mythal, like mythical post-apocalypse where everything is larger than it should be <laughs> yeah yeah we'll just name it mullet that's it we're not gonna name it mullet. No, we're not calling it mullet. <laughs> we're not calling it Shiv either. I feel like no. this probably deserves a slightly longer title. Like normally, yeah. I know we like to do a few syllables, but this one deserves something that's a little more evocative, maybe a little more vague as to what's actually yeah. in the story. Um, something along the like, like Lovecraft named his stuff like the color out of space. You get that it's about something alien, and you don't know quite what else. Or like lurker on the threshold. What That's about something that what about something similar to like um where we're using what the podcasters are doing as well as that too? So like sure. like uh, uh analyzing waves or uh something stupid or uh, whatever. Uh yeah, something there. <laughs> yeah, I have no we idea. We don't have to have a title for this one yet, but 
Well, something along those we will, lines. We will soon. I got to make a thumbnail for this thing. Anyway, That's true. Hey, everybody, thank you so much. We appreciate all of your attention. I am an attention hog, Dylan. Uh, I am. I like, just don't. I I hate to admit it. That's true. And you just watched us chat for about an hour. We made this weird story about uh, an interdimensional monster uh, that was being chased by uh, this organization that has prisoners do the dirty work after these podcasters think it's something different. Either way, we come up with stories nonstop. We we like doing it, which is weird. Uh, every Sunday, every Monday, you can find us on Talking Upstream. Every Tuesday, we Twitch live. If you want to just yell at us on here, please just throw us uh, comments. We don't care. Um, you can find us always at somenobodies.com. You can always uh, help us out. We're actually in the middle of making a movie right now, which is cool. We are literally uh, in the middle of production. like we're shooting. Yeah, so we had to kind of slow down doing some of our stuff because now we're filming on the weekends. Uh, either way, we love everyone's help. So if you want to help us out, you want to be somebody that, that helps with these movies or more weird podcasts or shows, go to patreon.com backslash some nobodies, and we would love it. People like Scott Curtis and Behind the Bits, we love him so much. Uh, check oh, out yeah. cool podcasts like Behind the Bits, obviously. He's an award-winning podcast. He does great stuff, so please just watch him. Uh, Tanya Shek, uh, Sarah Tukacic, our great, great friend on the East Coast. You also have Listener App. Uh, you got a lot of people that really help us out, and we want to thank people. Uh, Scene Snobs, yeah. IBM TV, uh, the Each Foundation. Uh, people do some real cool stuff with us, so so help yeah. us out. Uh, Dylan is going to flash yeah, this thing one last time, please. If you're watching this at all, please, on Friday, uh, tune into this awesome thing. It's for a great cause. Little Brady needs our help. Uh, he needs eye surgery. He's a cutie patootie, uh, and he needs a little Keep bit of your uh, yeah. your looty booty. Uh, either way, <laughs> uh, I have been Zach. He has been Dylan, and you have been great. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Bye. Have a good one, guys. Thank you.